You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program for Monday the uh, 28th. Steve. I'm back. You're back. You're back in the studio. Yes, public holidays. How great are they? Sounds really good. And uh, also today in the studio we've got M Baker who's going to be talking about her film um, Spoke the Movie. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay, Steve, you can hear that okay? Yeah. Excellent. So today uh, we're going to be talking about a few things, but we've also got an editorial coming up um, about what is wrong with bicycle advocacy in Australia and a little bit about, um, well, it's quite, quite general really what we're going to be talking about, aren't we? That's great. General. General. We, we've kind of, we've smudged out all the names. and <laughs> The redacted version. The redacted version. Um, em, thanks for coming in. What have you been up to um, over the weekend? Myself? Yeah. Um, I've just been relaxing, I guess, over Easter. Um, yeah, I went camping and had a really nice relaxing time, so it's been good. Yeah. Camping? Everyone goes camping over Easter, don't they? <laughs> I guess it's a good time of year for it. It's kind of the end of the summer months, so it's the last opportunity. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's the before the weather gets really cold, but we notice like the change in weather. It's the annual migration of the small household animals up the bed. Um, you know, uh, what else we got there? You start wearing gloves on the bike. You start putting socks on in the morning. Yeah, all these all these <laughs> in- indicators of a change of season. Yeah. So anyway, I thought we missed out the uh, little bit of a intro to the show at the beginning. We're Yarra Bosco User Group Radio. Um, we're broadcasting from 3CR 855M Digital Community Radio in Melbourne. And this is a program about cycling and related transport issues. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris. Steve's in the studio. Also with our guest, M. M. It's just M. M. <laughs> like Emily. Emily. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I always just, I was, I was kind of getting the, the puzzled face from you going, she's pronounced things weirdly again. <laughs> <laughs> what What else have you been up to since uh, you've done the Spoke movie, which was a couple of years ago? Um. Well, the film itself's really only been finished for a year. So the ride took place in 2012, but um, anyone who's done any work in filmmaking will know that it takes a really long time to edit and put things together, especially with documentary. So yep. a lot of work's gone into that. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, I, I teach full time as well. So keeping ah, myself busy. Okay. So yeah, this, this is a pretty amazing odyssey you went on. It was like you were just saying before coming onto the show, it was about, um, 3000 kilometers that you rode. Yeah. 3,500. Wow. And, uh, yeah, what, what you know, we don't get in the interview proper, but what was the reason for riding such those these these distances? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I just really wanted to see if I could. Um, I think a lot of people kind of have that uh, 
curiosity, uh, especially when you're young, you wonder what would it be like if I just walked out the front of the house and just kept going. Um, and I suppose this was sort of a natural extension of that. I wanted to see how far I could ride a bicycle and if I could make it from coast to coast. Wow. <laughs> That's the whole thing about bicycles. Though. It's like they're, they're like little skate pods. Yeah, I mean, I think they're really good. Um, a bicycle is such a happy medium between doing a road trip in a car, for instance, um, which is, is really nice but often gives you a sense of detachment from the natural world. You are There's sort of a barrier between yourself and your surroundings. And walking is fantastic, but it takes you quite a long time to get anywhere. So for me, cycling is like a nice sort of hybrid of those two activities. Yeah, and there was also quite, there was quite a component of the reason why you were doing this, uh, do, doing the actual ride to illustrate, you know, things about infrastructure and, um, you know, poverty and things like that as well. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose when we started um, talking about, well, when I started speaking about the fact that I wanted to travel across America on a bicycle, um, I was met with a lot of concern from people um, who were worried about my safety, Mm -hmm. Um, people saying that they thought I would be hit by a car or that something would happen to me. Um, And that sparked an interest in me of, well, what, what are the chances that I would be hit by a car? Um, how often does this sort of thing happen? Um, and so I looked into it and I wanted to explore uh, how much this sort of thing happened, which in the US it's quite a lot. And I wanted to look at why and what could be done. And I think that there was also a driver there, um, no, no pun intended, but a driver <laughs> there um, to investigate the issue in a way that didn't really pit cyclists against motorists yeah yeah because I felt like I feel like that doesn't really lead us anywhere and I also think that it um you know there's a bit of a transaction there where um you know a lot of cyclists also drive cars and vice versa and it's not really a very helpful dialogue to have when it becomes so kind of uh combative polarized and it doesn't really move to a next point exactly yeah well we're going to take a quick break and Uh, I'm going to come back with a little bit of editorialising from Steve and myself and then we'll get into the interview about Spoke the Movie and also the screenings you've got coming up. Uh, That's in uh, mid-April down at the testing grounds. That's right, April 10th. Excellent. Okay, we'll just be back in a tick. Gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here. I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying, Happy Birthday 3CR! And 
You're back listening to Yarrabaska User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, 855 AM and digital. Now we're going to pose the question, and it's a biggie, what is wrong with cycling advocacy in Australia? And this is the heavily redacted, uh, generalised version that Steve and I cobbled together. And I'm going to, Steve, you're going to kick off here. Yeah, well, what is wrong? There's a, a lot of non-government cycling orgs. Um, there might be too many. Maybe we need another one. But there's too many individuals and groups that are mainly concerned with keeping themselves in the picture and doing busy work around the advocacy process. Rather than getting into th- the real issues, they're, they're, they're self-seeking and they're mainly focused on their own survival, like they've got a, their own uh, appearance and self and promotion of themselves rather than the actual core issue of you know let's let's keep people get people riding and let's enable the people to ride yeah because and also it brings into that point if cycling organizations of a certain ilk are to keep existing and want our money for membership well, they've got to learn to constructively work with all stakeholders, you know, be it government, you know, three levels of government in Australia, orgs, groups, individuals. Um, everyone wants to be seen to be doing something. But honestly, I can say from a long-term perspective, this is not working, really, is it? No, no. We're, we're, we're sort of being distracted by this artificial, confected conflict, this media clickbait and hyper-reporting on social media about the latest outrage of the week. You know, um, this thing that was in a video that came out in New Zealand. Oh, do you want me to read a little bit about that? There was um, a video uh, that went viral, which is the parlance for everyone watched it. And this one was about uh, New Zealand police investigate a fake fake road rage video. And um, it was a video of a driver who'd screaming and threatening to kill a group of cyclists that appeared to be dubbed in a deliberate attempt to attract viewers. Police are investigating a driver who uploaded a expletive-laden YouTube video which he threatened to kill a group of cyclists in Hamilton, New Zealand. And basically she filmed them and then later put all this audio on it. And um, the thing that uh, really, really got up the police's thing was... This was actually manufactured uh, for um, another third party who wanted clickbait. Yeah, so media media wants something that gets hits, causes controversy. Um, you know, whether it's like this, it's a it's a video that's obviously been manufactured for that, or it's it's some uh, badly no non researched just rant written in a in a rag of a newspaper that's guaranteed to get the the already. Uh, you know, feed the prejudices of those are already uh, reading, and just reinforce that that false perception amongst amongst that cohort. So, we we need to we definitely need to to change that and move from that distraction to the real you know quite in some ways bit boring and mundane things about you know is this bit of infrastructure going to going to help? Uh, is is this policy? going to achieve what it's uh, set out to achieve. And I could say to that, uh, last week we went to such a session like this was to do with a refresh of a local bicycle strategy. This stuff, it may not be sexy, it may be not be all that exciting, but it's the stuff that needs to be done and there's not enough of it being done. We're kind of caught up in the perpetual outrage or the perpetual thing of the week. What, uh, okay, we're still being incredibly generalised here, but what must happen is less 
kingdom building, less grandizement and some some respects self-aggrandizement from, you know, some groups and individuals who um, want to take ownership of issues, but it doesn't lead to anywhere, Steve. No, it's a silo mentality. It's, you know, the advocate. We are the the, the, the contact point for for all of these things and it's just about their profile, mm. uh, that organisation or individual's profile rather than their get actually doing any work um, the hard, boring work of talking to all of those, you know, the land managers, the, the, the governments and the agencies and people who write policy and boring documents. Yeah. Could you explain to the listener what silo means in terms of when we talk about silo mentality, just quickly for someone who may not be a, a, a familiar with The definition with of isolation, of, yeah. of isolating your yourself or your organisation from, you know, storing, your, storing things away yeah. if you were grain. <laughs> so I mean stand alone. Yeah. So if organisations are actually going to keep, you know, kind of keep existing, they've got to learn to engage with the communities and people involved with the activity in cycling in all its forms. And actually you probably people out there saying, oh, but organisations probably already do this. And I'll tell you straight up, and we both came from almost 20 years of this stuff, observations, they don't, they cherry pick. It's And really when it comes down to many organisations, not all, when I'm having a slag at everybody, no, 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 we're being generalised here. Remember the, the word people, generalised. For many groups, unfortunately, it's about retaining a market share, not about doing the right thing. And what we really need is not more cycling organisations because I tell you there's stacks in Australia. Any more organisations wishing to behalf, you know, to advocate on behalf of anyone what we require is to apply critical thinking and to approach issues that need to be solved via first principles and what's first principles you're thinking well let's use the analogy of elon musk who um many people would know from ebay and tesla and all that sort of stuff now his new battery uh, proposals to get us all off uh, off the main grid he uses critical thinking and i'll use a quote from him I think it is important to reason from first principles rather than analogy. The normal way we conduct our lives is the reason by analogy, brackets, when reasoning by analogy, in brackets. We're doing this because it's like someone else has has thought about what needs to be done or it's like what other people are doing. Slight itinerations on a theme. First principles is kind of like a physics way of looking at the world. You boil things down to the most fundamental truth and say, what are we sure that is true? And then reason up from there. Someone could say battery packs are really expensive, but that's the way they've always been. Historically, it's been about you know $600 per kilowatt. It's not going to get much better than that in the future. Well, hasn't he kind of blown through that one in the last six months with some of the stuff he's been talking about, these standalone power packs for houses? That's, that's right. just one example. So getting back to our little bit of editorialising, it isn't easy, but the process must start somewhere if cycling for transport is to develop any maturity in Australia. You can talk about progress all you want, but saying nice things about cycling for transport in a progressive way isn't the change. And we need required change and not meaningless platitudes. And um, if you'd like to hear the unexpurgated version of what we just said, you can buy us a few rounds next time you see us out socialising. Steve, any summing up? Yeah, that uh, that pretty much sums it up. You've got to get down to those first principles and analyse policy, look at infrastructure, you know, What's happening in What's happening in New South Wales? Yeah, what's you know, it's a disaster you know, up there. You remove infrastructure. You put punitive uh, policies in place. 
uh, do you think that's uh, you know maybe that's that's achieving the overall aim of what they're what they're setting out to do, and that is to you know get the wheeled locusts out of, off the off the street and out of the public public spaces. Yeah, well, New South Wales is something we've touched upon the show a few times. They've got um, registration by stealth. They've got punitive measures of uh, the police, you know, out there cracking down on people every day. And I could, again, as we're getting into the perpetual outrage thing, and it's also, it's, it's creating a thing where this is seen as a weird, strange activity that you shouldn't be doing and um, yeah. marginalising it. It's divisive and polarising. We need less of that. We just got rid of a Prime Minister that, was, uh, that, that took that to an art form. We don't need any more of it. Yep. So critical thinking and first principles. You heard it here. Not exactly, um, you know, uh, headline-grabbing sexy stuff, but that's what cycling in Australia needs. We'll be back in a minute after this break. If People Powered Radio exhibition is on now, get along to Gertrude Contemporary Gallery and enjoy this exciting collaboration. The exhibition features recordings, technological hardware, photos, ephemera and newly commissioned artworks by local artists which frame and interpret the station's history of radical broadcasting. A series of live broadcasts are happening every Friday in April direct from the exhibition space, talking sovereignty, troublemaking and music. Come and explore the politics of broadcasting, the experience of community and the station's radical history with Gertrude Contemporary Gallery and Art Space. 200 Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, open Tuesdays to Saturdays from 11am. Exhibition finishes April 23rd. For more information, visit 3cr.org.au. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, 855 AM and digital. Uh, hi, I'm M Baker. I'm the director of the film Spoke. And here's the trailer for my film. Oh my God, look at this. People riding bicycles are going to get killed. You're doing the same route that my son Josh did. <laughs> Poor guys like me don't get to do shit like this. There's a lot of bears. You'll see an occasional deer, coyotes. Infrastructure is a great way to spread wealth amongst people, give people more opportunities. I don't think that that message is getting out there. Pushing for a safe arrival to Florida with no injuries. Okay, ready? Three, two, He was riding with a fellow bike commuter, a band of laws and whatnot, and they were hit by a drunk driver. They told him, where's my son? He said, I'm sorry. They'll squeeze you up. The bus driver will squeeze you off the road. We have recession. People with no money, people with no jobs. We have the biggest environmental crisis today. Bicycle can contribute to the solution of every of those things. What do you think are the chances of us ever making it to Florida? I think that y'all will make it to Florida because it's only you that holds you back. And 
that was the trailer to Spoke the Movie. And we're going to talk a bit about how that was made and uh, screening we've got coming up in uh, down at the testing grounds um, down in South Melbourne or down in South Bank. M. Uh, yep, so we've got an upcoming screening at Testing Grounds in Southbank um, who've been really uh, great with supporting us, also Projector Bike, who are going to be a part of the screening. Uh, if you'd like to pop along to that, uh, people in the studio were just commentating that the tickets are really cheap. Uh, they're <laughs> $6.22 including booking fee, which I think uh, for most Melburnians is about the same price as a cup of coffee. So it's a good one, a very expensive one, but that's really <laughs> cheap to see a movie. <laughs> that's right. Um, definitely cheaper than a milkshake. Um, so if you want to come along and grab tickets to that, you can head to www.spokethemovie.com and click on the screenings tab and there's information on how to come along to that. It's pretty easy to buy tickets. Um Otherwise, if you're interested in just following what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter at Spoke Movie or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Spoke the Movie. Yeah, so a bit about the film. Um, I'll just do the, do the blurb so people get a feel for what you guys did. It was three young commuter cyclists set out to bike from San Francisco to Orlando interviewing crash victims, urban planners, activists and law enforcement to investigate what makes the USA the most dangerous developed country for cyclists. Shot on location, the trio travelled to each interview by bicycle with cameras, tripods and microphones strapped to their front racks. Carrying the stories of fellow cyclists killed on American roads, Spoke is an adventure tale that looks to empower users of the humble bicycle. <laughs> so is it how much of it is a travel log uh, as opposed to a investigation of these of, of sort of each you know acts of different incidents and accidents? Yeah, so I'd say it's probably about 50/50, which is what we were intending to do. Um, we basically wanted to have this kind of adventure tale because I think that um, and I'm sure um, you've probably experienced a similar kind of narrative where sometimes people get a bit like down in the dumps when they're talking about cycling and especially when we're talking about cycling accidents. We wanted to show at the same time as the sport, you know, or I guess activity, um, commuting, whatever you want to call it. Um, we wanted to show that at the same time as it could be dangerous, like it's also really fun and it's really freeing and it's pretty incredible that you can cross a continent on your own steam. Yeah, and... You were living in America at the time this you were um, recording this. Um, what was the kind of like the instigation for it in terms of um, the, the the bicycle not as you know just a, th- a thing that you use occasionally, but a thing of um, almost like liberation for people. Yeah, um, I guess I'd always been someone who'd kind of been pretty interested in. Um, getting places in unorthodox ways. So I'd always been someone that had liked hitchhiking and that sort of thing. Um, And cycling is kind of a natural extension of that, but um, in a way that is so much more kind of, uh, it it puts you at the helm and it really means that you have the power over where you're going and what you're doing. Um, So I think bikes are just the most incredible way to travel. that, you know, people rave about trains because you get to see, you know, everything that's around you and that's fantastic. But I think that bikes are um, e- even more so uh, really acquaint you with what you, what is in your surroundings and with nature. And I just think that's such a great way to get places. Yeah, so you got to speak to um, a great, you know, you know, different types of people like crash victims, activists, what sort of um, – can, is there any like stories that really, you know, not without trying to preempt the movie, but stuff that really stayed with you or something like, I didn't expect that when you spoke to someone? Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that came across uh, really strongly was that uh, we feature four different, uh, I guess, accident victims or families of accident victims in the film. 
And of the four, um, every person really, really struggled to get a conviction. And it wasn't even... I mean, in, in some cases, you know, it was the typical, um, you know, the driver didn't see the cyclist, but they weren't doing anything kind of um, illegal. You know, I guess you could just say that it was a, a split moment of, uh, you know, inattention or something like that. And it's kind of, you know, it's understandable that they wouldn't be issued with any sort of a citation, even though it's resulted in some sort of tragic tragic accident. But in some cases, when we spoke to people, um, it had been a case of hit and run or of... Um, you know, drink driving or uh, street racing. And in those sorts of circumstances, I was really surprised at how difficult it was to get a conviction because you would think that, um, you know, if you're doing something like that and somebody is killed, then it it should just kind of be obvious that you would, you know, have some sort of punishment. But um, the people that we spoke to had to fight really, really hard uh, for that to happen because there really is just an ethos and a mentality of, you know, cyclists shouldn't be there. Or the car is uh, some inanimate object that I just can't control and I've accidentally killed someone, it's not my fault. It's like, oh, that bullet hit someone and killed them, but I'm not responsible for it. No, we don't accept that. But we have this acceptance around cars that somehow they're just some thing that accidentally does things, you know, without, you know, absent driver. <laughs> it seem, yeah, yeah. seems to be the, the, the accepted cost of the transport mode mm. is that... You know the 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 car, as you said, inanimate object until contra- meant to be controlled by a human. Um, you know that the car itself was responsible for um, you know clipping clipping someone on the side of the road because they were inattentive or they were um, you know trying to achieve something like racing or or they were drunk or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So. Okay, that's fairly you know, hefty, heavy stuff. But what were some of the really fun things that came out of doing this amazing? Ride across Australia, across Australia, America, I should say, across America. Um, yes, I, I guess just the sense. I I remember really feeling it once we got to LA because that was the first big city that we arrived at after departing from San Francisco, and I guess just the sense that we were doing something that almost felt kind of rebellious or impossible. Um, especially, and and I know that for a lot of people, um, who have you know, grown up as cyclists or, you know, sort of professional athletes or something like that, then this probably sounds very doable. But for myself, who was just a commuter cyclist and for my fellow cyclists and friends that we that I travelled with, um, this just seemed, it just seemed incredible. And I think LA was really fun too because we were kind of absorbed into a bit of the bicycle cult culture there. Um, there's some guys in the film uh, featured who are from a group called Los Angelopes, who I think have now disbanded, unfortunately, but they were basically just a group of um, freak bike riders. And there's all sorts of groups like that in Los Angeles who kind of travel around on these, um, on these like bicycles that they've uh, created in their warehouses where often they like live together and bikes are really the kind of um, the center point of, of that culture and of those, I mean, for lack of a better term, those gangs, um, you know, nonviolent gangs. Um, but yeah, and I think that was really fascinating exciting to be introduced to a subculture that i hadn't previously known about yeah because as i was remember reading last week there was a all-female gang over there as well um there was quite you know quite a diverse subculture over there. i think it was psycho variants or i've got the name correct but they were predominantly yeah. hispanic women who are really in your face and it was like no compromise <laughs> you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah, so getting to the film itself, if you want to go see it, um, you can have a Q&A with, uh, who was it, David Escort? 
from uh, Fairfax. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. So Dave is a journalist at Fairfax and he's also a uh, documentary filmmaker as well. He's uh, created a film called Indi, which uh, you might have heard of if you're a uh, local politics fan that was yeah. covering the federal election. Yep. Um, yeah, so feeling really lucky to have David there to conduct the Q&A with myself. Excellent. So that's going to be on Sunday, April the 10th, and that's at 6.30pm down at Testing Grounds, which is a little parcel of land behind South Bank. Um, we've been down there a couple of times and we've interviewed uh, the guys from... Uh, from Reject a Bike, and that's City Road South Bank around the back. So basically, finally a film about bikes, shot from bikes, and now projected from a bike. That's right. That, so it's about as much bicycle as you can have in a, one film, I would say. <laughs> Definitely one screening. Basically, chairs are provided, but feel free to bring um, BYO picnic equipment, and um, you can eat cheese and crackers. And seeing it's going to be about the 10th of um, April, no, sorry, April, um, probably take down a bunny rug and... Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be a nice idea to kind of, um, you know, bring a picnic rug, rug up a little bit because I, we don't know the weather yet, but I'd predict it's probably going to be getting a little bit chillier, as we yeah. were saying earlier in the show. Um, so prepare for all weather. I think it's going to be a really great evening. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, that's all we've got time for this week on Yarra Bowls We Use Group Radio. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks so much for having me. And Steve, uh, we won't probably see you again for a little while because you're going back to the world of work. Yeah, when's the next public holiday? Um, I think we're going to be back in for Anzac Day. Well, there you go. So Try. I think I might see you again that if we do, do a pre-record. Um, that's all we've got time for. But don't forget, we've got the final week to make submissions to the Road Safety Road Rules 2009 Brackets Overtaking Bicycles Bill 2015. Submissions open until the 1st of April. And this is about metre passing in Victoria. So you can go to parliament.vic.gov.au and look up road safety rules. It's got the information there. Or go to um, Yarrabug website, um, which is yarrabug.org, and I'll put up all the information you need to know there. The Greens have put up a thing where it's very easy for you to make a submission. And um, you'll... um, might end up making an actual presentation towards the committee at uh, Parliament of Victoria. So it's really important that you get onto these sort of things. So that's all time we've got time for this week. If you want to find out more, go to yarrabug.org forward slash events. And there's quite a few things coming up. And uh, don't forget, 3CR, 40 years on air this year. And um, all us presenters are volunteers. And this program and the show rely upon the financial support of you, our beautiful listeners. Thank you, Em, for coming in today and being our guest. Thanks, Steve. See ya. And um, if you want to uh, make uh, make sure you make a subscription or donation, check out the website at 3cr.org.au and stay tuned now, I think, for Dirt Radio, but I'm not sure because it's Easter Monday. Oh, yes, it is. Someone's waving to us. So um, we'll I'll see you in about a fortnight and uh, have a great day out there today for your Easter Monday. Pedal your blues away Forget all your troubles You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.